0: We need to spend a bit of time on this, because there's more to this than, than we realize. A lot of Christians, and, and and rightly so, I don't have a problem with this, focus a lot on believing, faith, um, and they should. We want to know about that. I'm not minimizing that. But um, the Bible shows us that there's a place beyond just believing, and that is a place of knowing. Um, and, and so we're exploring this a little bit, because actually... I, I think we need we need to get there in more in more areas of our lives. Uh getting to that place I know that I know. You know, I I've I've taken a bit of flack through my life, uh, uh and I'm sh and, and believe me, not near as much as other people have who've got more well known. But I, I've had people knock me and criticize me and say, well, you can't know whether it's God's will to heal you. can't know that. How can you speak so certainly uh, you know, and, and I I believe I can speak with certainty. Um and, and, and people say, well, you can't know that for sure. Yes, you can. And in fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to challenge you and I'm going to say this. Every single truth that you believe from the Bible, every area of your Christianity needs to develop past, I believe, into I know. Every truth. I illustrated last week uh, a little bit about, you know, how do you know on the inside that you're going to heaven? How do you know you're a child of God? Well, Would you agree with me? There's a knowing. Uh, You know, I know some Christians are still a bit, maybe they they haven't really become established in that, and they're uncertain. Some of that's lack of understanding. But, you know, you know on the inside, when you receive Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes and he witnesses on the inside, and I know I'm a child of God. Um, And and, and sometimes people say, well, how do you know that? Because in, in the natural world, knowing is based upon physical evidence. But in the things of the spirit and the things of God, knowing is is not just based on what on physical evidence. Just like faith is not based upon physical evidence. You see, because knowing of spiritual things is is for want of a better way to describe it. And I, I've really been I've been meditating on this in the word. I've been looking at this more and I'm like, Lord, I've always kind of seen the word know and seen the word believe, and I've had some understanding of this, but Lord, show me more. And help me to piece this together a little bit more. And I, and I've, I really believe, in terms of spiritual things, knowing is, an, is, is a development of faith. It's a development of believing. You start in the position of I believe, and you you move into the position of I know." <coughs> and you know and faith, faith should really become solid. This is part of what I want to emphasize in this. It's faith, your believing should become solid on the inside of you. It should come. It should move past just. Well, I believe in healing, but I got one hundred and fifteen questions about it. Yeah. See, somebody can believe in something but still have so many unanswered questions that, and those questions create a bit of a bit of uncertainty, a little bit of doubt, a little bit of I'm not quite sure in this area. But actually, we should become to the place where 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 not just, our, not just our belief in healing, but actually, as I'm getting questions answered, that belief is becoming more and more solid, more and more stable, and it eventually becomes fully persuaded and cannot be shaken out of me. And this is the goal. This is where we're supposed to be getting. Uh, unshakable faith. Something that you can't pull out of me. And and a large amount of the time, that unshakableness is in the realm of I know. If you look in the New Testament... I'm, how many of you know we should sound like the Bible sounds? I don't mean thee, thou, and thy. Because <laughs> that's that's just a translation of Scripture. I, but but the, the kind of language, and I don't mean that you should be talking Greek and Hebrew and Latin, don't get me wrong. But the kind of language the Bible talks about, the way the Bible talks is how we should sound. Amen? Because it's all good and well to say, I believe the Bible. But then if you talk about the things of God differently to the Bible, then something's something's not quite falling into place. The more we know Scripture, the more we should sound like like Scripture in, in terms of talking spiritual things. Well, if you look in the New Testament, and if you look at the way the apostles spoke, they spoke in terms of we know this. We know that we have eternal life. We know that we have moved from death into life. But you'll find they, they talked about that in other things as well. And they were not ashamed to talk that way. So nor should we be. See, the enemy has scattered a lie in the church that says you can't know. You can't know. You can't know. You can't be certain on things. You can. <laughs> the truth is, the biblical truth is you can, you can be so sure and so certain in it that absolutely nothing can shake it out of you, no circumstance, nothing to the opposite. Uh, nothing anybody says or anything doesn't shake you. And this is where we need to be. I believe this is, this is a part of where God wants us to get to in our faith and believing God. Uh, unshakable. And it's to your benefit to get here as well. <coughs> it's, it, it'll benefit you in, in stepping into some things and receiving some things. But you're going to have people. You're going to have other Christians tell you, "Well, you're just, you know, you don't, you can't know for sure. You're just deceived when you think you can know." Yeah, you know, there's Christians all over the place that still believe you can't know the will of God. Let me ask you a simple question: Abraham, when God came to Abraham, and he was originally in with his with his family, wasn't he in uh, Ur of the Chaldees? before 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 God called when God came to Abraham and said now notice this God spoke God said so in other words God gave him his word yeah it was spoken directly to Abraham Abraham didn't have a written Bible but he had the word he had God saying something to him when God said to Abraham Abraham get out of your father's house and out of the where you are and go to a land that I will show you which that's my paraphrase of part of what God said. And and God said, I will bless you. When God said to Abraham, come out of your father's house and go to a land that I will show you. Let me ask you this. Did Abraham then know the will of God? Once he had what God said on the matter, the next day, could Abraham say to his wife, wife, Sarah, it is, God wants us. Back up and move out. and what if she'd say, well, you can't know what God said. how can you know what God says? He said, well he spoke to me, he told me, I have his word on the matter. I know what he said because what God said reveals his, his, his position on the matter. So from that point forward once God once Abraham knew what a, what God's what, once Abraham knew what God said, Abraham then knew the will of God. What was the will of God? Go to the land. Now, there were still more details he was going to get. But he knew it is God's will for me to start moving out of my father's house and to go to a place. Now, God will give me the details when I get to the land, then I'll know. A few verses later, God actually said to Abraham, this is the land. Now, moments before God said that to him, Abraham did not know which which land was. Did he? But once he had God's word on the matter, once God spoke and said, "This is the land," could Abraham say, "This is this is God's will for me to be." This is the land. This is God's will for me to be here. You see, what am I saying? You can know the will of God. It's revealed in what He says. In fact, we should know the will of God. And there's people say, "Well, you don't. You can't know whether it's God's will to hear, answer your prayers. You can't know." Excuse me. Do, do you believe what Jesus said or not? Jesus said, "Ask the Father. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, He'll give it to you." You've got His word on the matter. Does that mean it is His will to do that? It is. And the more established you become in that, the more you can say, "I, I know what the will of God is." Yeah. I, you know, sometimes people say, Oh God, God, you ne- you know, this is the old traditional one, you never know what God's going to do. Let me know this. God is this this will ruffle some religious feathers. Not here, because we're not religious, are we? But on the on the on the videos we watch. Do you know that God is the most predictable being in the universe? I'm sorry. Oh, no, he's not predictable. No, no, of course he's predictable. Now, you don't always know the method God's going to use. With what one man Jesus spat in the ground, stuck the clay in his eyes with another man, he said, "Go, you know, do, there, were, there were different methods, but the end result was the same, he healed people. You don't always know the method God's going to do, but you know what God's going to do because in his word, he told us Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. <clears throat> if somebody's the same, that means they are they are going to be predictable. If I said to you, I wake up at the same time every day, six o'clock, does that mean I'm predictable what time I'm going to wake up tomorrow? Unless some factors change, but if I am true to the fact that I wake up, notice the word at the same time, same means predictable. It means the way he did it before, <coughs> what he did before, he's gonna do again. So, can you know what God's gonna do? Is he always going to work according to the purposes that he's revealed? Is he always gonna work in the direction of healing? Some people don't think so, they'll they'll argue you over that one. But if you know him, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. James says there's no there's no shadow of turning with God. Why does he tell us these things? Why would he even bother telling us these things if he was just gonna be changeable and be different? Is it true he's the same? That means he's predictable. I know he's always working toward the same purposes and the means. Let me ask you this. Since Jesus came to this earth, has there been a point where God's will changed and God decided he no longer wants anybody coming to heaven, he wants everyone going to hell? See, see, immediately everyone says, no, 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 there's no way God does that. Well, then you're telling me you know what he's like and what he's going to do, you know his will. How do you know he hasn't changed? If some Christians, some Christians say, "Well, he healed then; he doesn't heal now." Okay, let's use the same reasoning. He saved, and he wanted people to go to heaven then, but now he wants everyone to go to hell. Because clearly, according to some people's theology, God just chops and changes. He's, some people teach him as the exact opposite of what we see in Scripture. He healed then; now he makes people sick. Well, you know, well maybe maybe he saved then, and now maybe he. Just sends everybody hell, and maybe it's no longer his will to save everybody. No, don't you? We know that's not true, because we're established in that truth. The problem is we're not established in other truths, so we're we, we shakeable. and then we say, oh, we, I'm not sure if you can know. What I'm trying to illustrate is we should know our God in every area. Can you? Should our faith go past then, well, I believe this too, I know this. It doesn't matter if other people think, oh, you can't know that. Inside of us, you can be so established that you do know it. Now, let's go to Ephesians. Ephesians one. <coughs> I, wanna, I wanna look a little bit at the process. There's gonna be a little bit of a, a, a teach, line upon line today, because this is quite important. In helping you understand how to move from, from just believing into knowing. See, when you know, you talk, about, you talk in terms of confidence. I know what God's going to do. I don't know the method, but I know what he's going to do. He's going to heal someone. He's going to work towards that. He's always going to work in the same direction. And you talk about God in terms of confidence. And that's how they spoke about him in Scripture. That's what Paul said. Well, sorry, John. This is the confidence that we have in Him. Should should our language about God shift into Bible language? I'm gone. I know this about God, or should we be apologetic and say, "Well, you know, people don't like us talking about that," so maybe we should just say, "Well, you know, maybe." No, 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 no. Well, let me. We'll come to Ephesians in just a moment, but. Don't have to turn there, but let me let me let me ask you, in terms of the way we pray, should we pray in 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 terms of confidence in our God? should should the way we speak about him to others, but also the way we pray to him, change because of what we know about him and how we know him? Or should we just stick with all the well our religious ways of praying? Okay? What is what is what is what is the the the, the um, key verse the text verse that I used last week it's one John 5 it says this this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will he hears us and if we know that he hears us now I've read the bit on previous weeks but I just want to pause on that phrase <clears throat> If we pray, he he hears us. And then it says, if we know, he hears us. (coughs) Now, how did Jesus pray? Let me look at this quickly, and then I'm going to go to Ephesians. How did Jesus pray? Look at this in John 11. John 11 Should the way we pray, should the way we speak out in prayer to God change based upon what we know from the word? Of course it should. See, there's a lot of people that know things or or say they believe things from the word, but then their praying never changes and they still just keep praying the same religious way. As you begin to know things, it should change the way you talk about it. Now, some, some people say it, it, it's very arrogant to say to God, Lord, I know you'll heal me. No, it's not. Do you know you are honoring God when you talk to him in a way that shows you believe what he said? You are dishonoring and disrespecting him when you talk in a way that shows you don't believe a single single thing he said, people think their religious ways of praying are so pious. But then they talk about, "Well, Lord, we we just we know, we don't know whether you're going to do it, but Lord, maybe, Lord, hold, please, if you can find it in your somewhere in your heart to please do so." And he's already told you in his word he'll do it. That is not honoring God. You can sound humble and spiritual. It is disrespectful to Him when you talk to Him in a way that shows you don't believe a word He said. That's not honoring Him. What honors Him is when you come to Him and you say, Lord, I know you hear me when I pray. You see, the way you pray changes. Now, look at how Jesus prayed. John 11, this is the passage where Lazarus gets raised, raised from the dead. But I just want to show you the way he prayed, and then we're going to go to something in Ephesians. John eleven forty one. 41. Jesus now standing right before the tomb of Lazarus, and this is what he says. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, so he's praying, yeah? Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Do you see that phrase? <clears throat> How is he talking to the Father? Now someone says, Well, that was Jesus. Yes, it was Jesus, and Jesus is my example, so I should be like Jesus. <laughs> Amen. How did he talk to the? Did he say, Father, I just never know when you hear me? No. He spoke out in his prayer, I thank you that you've heard me. Do you see that? That's that, that, that should, the things you know about God should come out in the way you pray. Talk to him what you know. Lord, I know you said in your word this, I thank you that you are listening. You are hearing me as I pray. And so, there's confidence—is there confidence in the way Jesus is praying here? I thank you that you have heard me. There is. So th- that's the kind of way we should. I know this; we all know this. But this is just leading into this. Now, what I want to do—go to Ephesians one. I want to. Sh- I want to. I'm going to look a little bit at the process about how to move from be- from believing to knowing. Now I'm going to I'm going to bring in some words today. I may or may not explain them all today. We'll see how it goes. Um, I, I believe this process is quite important, and I believe it'll help you to get understanding of this process, and to see how things work, uh, and and it'll help you understand why. We, we do some things the way we do. Why do we teach so much? Why do we encourage people to get in the Word? Well, this process will help you understand us. Now, I'm, I'm going to not introduce because they're words we know, but I'm going to talk about a couple of words, and I'm going to see how these words fit together in, in, in terms of, of, of biblical truth. One of the words is, well, believe or faith. Okay? There's two words believe believing and faith the next word i'm not giving these to you in a particular order right now but i'm going to look at the how these words relate to each other the next word is revelation getting and i'm not talking about the book of revelation i'm talking about getting a revelation of something remember remember uh when when Peter, when Jesus said, who, "Who do men say that I am?" and then he said, "Who do you say that I am?" and Peter says, "You are the Christ." Je- Jesus said, "Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you." Okay. Paul talked about things that he knew by revelation; they were revealed by the Spirit of God. Yeah. So I'm going to I'm going to talk a little bit about this word revelation, or connected to the word revelation is the word light. <clears throat> light reveals things. When you put the lights on, it reveals things you couldn't see. So revelation is things being revealed. So when the light goes on, things get revealed, yeah? So light and revelation are, are related words. Now, one of the other words I'm, I'm going I'm to bring in is the word understanding. I'll show you how these words connect. Uh, you know, what I've, what I've realized is that some of us might have heard teachings in the past about you know revelation or uh, you know or, or or something like that and and and, and I'm going to try to piece some things together to show you how a process works as it is god's intention that each one of us move from believing to knowing and he shows us how this process works i'm going to i'm going to in fact the process is laid out in ephesians 1 i'm going to show it to you so Faithful believing, and then there's revelation or light, and then there's understanding. Understanding. And then the final one is knowing. Okay? And The question is, which comes first? <coughs> Do you need a revelation to have faith? Is this what the Bible shows? And this question has been asked before, so I'm covering it a little bit. But I'm going to look at the biblical thing. What does is, what is, what is revelation do? What is the purpose of getting a revelation in our lives of something? Okay, well, let's look. Ephesians 1. Now, from verse um, 16 and 17... He reveals a prayer. Many of us know this as the Ephesians prayer, or one of the Ephesians prayers, yeah? It's a good prayer to pray. So he he shows what he is praying for the Ephesians church. And he says this, you know, um, verse 16, Do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know. And he goes on. Now, so people read this and they say, well, yes, you know, I need a revelation to believe this. And and Paul's, Paul's praying that you get a revelation of some things. Yes, he is, I agree. But is he praying that they get a revelation so that they can believe it? No, he's not. In fact... One of the reasons we don't see the full picture is because we start reading this prayer at verse 16. You you need to go back a few verses and bring this prayer into context to to, to get the order of what's going on. Let's jump back to verse 13. Now, he's talking to this group of people in Ephesus, and he says, "...in whom you also trusted... (coughs) After you heard the word of truth. So how did the word of truth first come to them? Do you, I understand you're reading different translations, but do you see there talks about they heard the word? Now is this talking about they heard it from an angel or from a divine being or from God? How did they hear it? The preaching of the gospel. Yes. So he says, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Now, pause. Pause for a moment here. Can initial? I'm going to use this important word. Can a person get initial revelation by hearing the preaching? Yes. Okay. Because the gospel, uh, Romans 1 says this, Romans 1, 16 and 17 says, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation, for in it, the gospel, the righteousness of God, notice this word, is revealed. So if something's being revealed, then revelation. Okay? So the gospel message, which is preached, has the power to reveal to people, but the way this verse describes it, let me let me before I read the next phrase. Romans Romans ten seventeen. Most people know this. Says faith comes by. Does that verse say faith comes by getting a revelation? Doesn't. Faith comes by hearing or you could even add in even seeing what's written as well okay so the initial position of faith or believing comes by the word hearing the word seeing the word med- reading the word that's that's the starting point that has to be the first step you hear it now When you first hear the word, you don't necessarily fully understand it. Remember, that's one of the words I'm going to talk about, understanding. Might not get through this all today. But I believe seeing this process will help you. (coughs) Certainly helped me put some things together. You do not need revelation to believe or to have faith. However, revelation is involved in taking you from faith to knowing. That's where revelation comes in. It's part of the process that moves you from believing to knowing. But you can take a step of faith to believe the gospel even without fully understanding all of it. When a person hears the gospel, that gospel brings light, and they can say, I believe that. When you hear, by stripes you're healed. Someone preaches, you hear, or you see in the word, or you read a book about healing, you can say, I believe that. That's the first step that's needed with the word of God in your life, is that decision and choice to believe it. However, at the time you make that choice to believe very often, you don't really have all the understanding about it yet. A lot of people who believe in healing, who still have a lot of questions and don't understand a lot, and they're not totally convinced in some areas, but that's, they, if you said to them, do you believe in healing, they'll say yes. Okay. So the first step is believe, which is faith. Now notice the way Paul writes this. He says, In whom you also trusted, notice the order of things. This is key, this is important. After you heard the word. Do you see the word summing along the lines of after? So he's going to tell you the order things happened in. After you heard the word of truth, the gospel of salvation, in whom also having believed, so did they believe, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Who is the and then he tells you them about the Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Therefore, verse 15, I also now notice this word phrasing, after I heard of your faith. Is he telling you an order of things again? Do you see the word after that? After I heard of your faith, ever since. So it's a similar idea though, yeah. These are words related to time, or something happened, then something else happened. Ever since, or after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus. In other words, did he hear about their faith, and then did his hearing about their faith prompt him to do something? In this case, pray for them. Yeah? But verse 15, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints... Now, here comes the prayer. Do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him. Now, here's the question. He is praying that they'll get revelation, isn't he? He's praying that the the eyes of their understanding will be enlightened, isn't he? Is he praying for a a group of people who do not believe... Or is he praying for a group of people who are already in faith? He said, after I heard of your faith. In other words, they've already got faith, haven't they? They already had faith. And he says, after I heard of your faith, (coughs) I began to pray that you'd get revelation. So which came first? Faith. Faith comes by hearing. Romans 10, 17 doesn't say faith comes by getting a revelation. It says faith comes by hearing. You you take that initial step, I believe this. Now, when you take an initial step to believe, you don't always fully understand it. See, a lot of people will not believe a Bible truth until they fully understand a Bible truth. This is where they're missing it. You, you're trying to approach the Bible with natural intellect. What you need to understand is when you, when you hear the word, sometimes your heart will say, yes, that, that's true. And your head will go, I don't understand that. Now, a lot of people go tilt at that point and they can't quite, Oh, I, well, I can't believe that because I can't quite understand it all. That's where they're missing it. What you have to understand is Bible truths have to be grabbed with your faith before you understand them. If you're waiting to understand everything before you'll believe it, you're never going to believe it. You're trying to approach the Bible with a natural approach. Naturally, understanding in the intellect is necessary. Spiritually, it's the other way around. Faith comes before understanding. How, did you receive Jesus by faith? The day you received Jesus because we each received him at some point in our lives. The day you received Jesus, did you fully understand everything about salvation? I I doubt it. Someone says to you, Jesus loves you, Jesus died on the cross for you. Sometimes that's just about all you understood. Did you understand the whole process of redemption and, and the fact that he made you righteous and what he did for you on the cross? Did it require full understanding of everything in order for you to take that step? I believe Jesus. I want to save you in my life. No. I, I took a step and believed something. I didn't really understand everything. But you know what? Understanding of it came after. See, you've got to grab Bible truths with your faith. Not because you understand it, but because you believe it's in the it's Word of God and God said it. <coughs> understanding comes after and is part of the process that brings you toward knowing now pause there for a moment i'm going to come back to this verse but for a moment go to hebrews 11. go to hebrews 11. Hebrews 11 talks, uh, 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 it's about different individuals and their faith, stand and, and what they did with their faith. Amen? But notice notice Hebrews 11 um, verse 3. This is quite early on. Before it starts mentioning specific individuals like Abraham, Noah, and different ones, it, it, there's some generalized comments here. And it says, Hebrews 11 verse 3, it says this, By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which were visible. It it takes faith to understand, to to, 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 um, believe in how this planet came into being through the creation of God, yeah? But notice this. I want you to notice that, in certainly your translation, might word it differently, but the wording should be at least similar to a degree. Notice in my translation, the very first, the first four words of verse three are this: "By faith we understand." Do you see words similar to that in your in your, in yours? Would, anyone say something different, or does it say that? Now he he's telling you something specific. You understand. How do we grasp creation, how this planet came into being? You've got to grab it by faith first. Do I understand everything about, did, did, I, did I understand everything about word and how, how words and how God spoken to being before I believed God was the creator? Not me. I believed he's the creator because the Bible said he's the creator. And I said, I believe that. I, I made a decision. I believe that truth even before I understand it. But you know what? I found this. Once you grab a truth with your faith, you know what starts to happen. Because you've latched onto it with faith, one of the next things that happens is understanding starts coming to you of that truth. Understanding is is, is one of the next steps. It comes after believing in terms of spiritual things. Some people will not believe things until they understand everything about it. And what happens is they get stuck in a place of unbelief. You've got to reach out and take a Bible truth. When the word says something, you grab it. Do I fully understand it? No. Faith comes before understanding. So in terms of spiritual truths, how do we understand By faith, that's what he says, by faith we understand. Do I understand everything about healing? Do I have every question answered about healing? See, some people are not going to believe that God is their healer until they understand every little bit about every little question they have. They will not believe it. I've spoken to people like that. They, They won't believe it until they understand everything about it. But their refusal to believe it is why they're not understanding everything about it, because you have to believe it first for understanding to be released. Understanding comes by faith in spiritual things. So as you when you hear something about the word, your first response, I believe that. I remember, I remember I was um I, I grew up. Under good teaching, I mean, we went to good churches. I heard some good teaching, the word faith, authority. I knew I knew most of those truths as a teenager, righteousness. But I also knew God wanted me to go to Bible college, and, and, and so I finished school. I went to Bible college. I remember, and it was a full time school that I went to, and I remember, I, I mean, I had been reading books about faith and believing God and authority and in Christ. I'd read them as my through my teenage years when I was 15, 16, 17. I remember the day I got to Bible school. I think I learned more in my first week at Bible school than I had learned in in the whole three years before that, reading books. Understanding just began to flood into me as revelation came from the pulpit, was preached, as things were preached and taught. I was like, whoa, I've never even seen it like this. But I already believed it. I already believed God answers prayer. It's faith that moves God. I already believed faith is what causes the impossible. I, I, and I began to realize this. My understanding of it is just exploding all of a sudden. I thought I understood it. I never did quite because it's like it's opening up to me, this subject. In my one, two, three weeks in Bible school, I'm whoa. But I already believed it. I believed as a teenager, God wanted everybody healed. Could I... Did I fully understand why people get sick and why some people don't get healed. And why I didn't, I, there were a lot of questions I couldn't answer at that stage, I didn't understand them all. But I believed that truth, and even at that age, I would not budge off that truth. People had all kinds of questions why doesn't this happen? Why doesn't this happen? But you see, there are a lot of people that will not believe because their questions are sure I don't understand it, so I can't yet believe it. You're getting it the wrong way around. And this is why you're not advancing in some some areas spiritually. You've got to say, it's in the word, I believe it. You make a decision, you make a choice. I grab what is the truth of the word because it's in the word. I honor God by saying, Lord, I believe you even when I don't understand it all. Faith comes first. Understanding follows. In fact, the more you believe, the more understanding opens up to you. Amen? Now, let's go back to Ephesians. So, we saw there, by faith we understand. Now, this is important. In fact, there's more in the Word about this process than I ever saw before. (laughs) This, just, this process right here is, uh, has been opening up in my understanding this week, how this all fits together. And I've known some of it up until now, but you see, understanding comes as you begin to meditate on truth, you begin to sit on it. You've already made the decision to believe it. And re- revelational, greater light about the truth that you have already believed, greater light about that truth will come to you after you've believed it. So it doesn't take revelation to believe it. Revelation comes because you believe it. You start to get, what is revelation? Revelation begins to expand a truth in you that you have already believed. And that light, that revelation brings you greater understanding. And as you get greater understanding, as the lights go on about a truth you already know, understanding leads you to a place of knowing you see the order understanding brings you to the place of knowing let's look at this in ephesians notice the wording what he says this is simple but put this together it'll help you understand help you understand (laughs) there's the word okay and it's actually quite it's quite powerful so let's read this again from verse 13 and notice the order of things i've actually highlighted the order in my own bible in him you also trusted after you heard i've highlighted those words after you heard because what happened first they heard what did jesus say in mark 16 go into all the world preach the gospel to every creature so in other words if they're preaching the gospel then people are hearing it yeah and then Jesus said this, those who get a revelation of it will believe. No, he didn't say anything about revelation, did he? He just said, those who believe will be saved, those who believe, don't believe won't. Believing in Scripture is connected to hearing. You hear it, you make a decision, I believe it, even if you don't fully understand everything. It says, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom you also... In Sorry, in whom also, having believed. Do you see there? They heard, they believed. They heard, they believed. Yeah? Verse 15, therefore also after I heard of your faith. So in other words, they already had faith. Paul heard they had faith, but what did he begin to do? He started to pray for them. Is he praying, Lord, help them believe? No, he's not praying that. This prayer is not about helping them believe. This prayer is about taking someone who believes to a place of knowing. Because notice the rest rest of the wording. After After I heard of your faith, verse 16 says, do not cease to give thanks for you making mention of your prayers. So they already had faith. What does he begin to pray? That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory... May give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Do you see, the word revelation and the word understanding, like the revelation begins to bring un- greater understanding to you of things that you've already heard and believed. <coughs> Verse 18, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, why? Why? Why do you need the understanding? Sorry? So that you will know. There's the word right there. Is Paul praying, is this prayer praying, oh Lord, help them believe? He's not praying about, Lord, I need them to believe this. He's praying, bring them to a place they know this. There's a lot more people that still need to pray this prayer. There's a lot of Christians, oh, I don't need to pray the Ephesians' prayer. I've heard about that truth before. No, this prayer is about taking a believer from the place of believing a truth to knowing a truth. There's a lot of... Now, he he prays a few things. One of the things he prays they would know is the power of the resurrection of Jesus. A lot of Christians will say, oh yes, there was a lot of power in the resurrection of Jesus. But are they so established in that truth that it's affecting their lives and the way they operate in authority? Most of them know. Do they, do they need to become more established in that truth to the point they know this and it's solid on the inside? Yes, they do. Do they need more revelation of this truth? Yes, they do. See, the enemy, the, the, the enemy doesn't want you believing the Bible, but if he can't stop you believing it, he wants to stop this process. He wants you to stop at believing and never move into a place of knowing. Because when you get into a place of knowing, your faith life is becoming unshakable. Revelation, teaching as well, teaching brings understanding to you. It's why, the, it's why the enemy, wants people bored with teaching, people think, well, I already believe who I am in Christ. I don't need more teaching. No, you need more teaching because teaching increases the understanding which brings the process to knowing. And actually knowing is the goal, solidly knowing. Now, is, is this, is this? do you see the order? This is actually really important. Now, I'm going to go one more scripture and then we'll probably finish off s- soon. So, in Ephesians 1 here, yeah, the order is, after I heard your faith, in other words, you, you believed it first, I began to pray for you that, that you'd get revelation. Revelation of what? Things you already believe. They already believed it. That you begin to get revelation, and the understanding begins to go on, and lights go on, so you get understanding. Why? So that you may know. So the increased understanding and revelation moves your faith into a new realm where you now you know it. And knowing is the place you want to be because this is the confidence that we have in him that if we know he hears us. There's a lot of people that are still in the place where I believe he hears us they haven't come to the place I know he hears us. I believe it's God's will to hear me. I'm fulfilling, 1 John 5, 14, because I believe the Lord wants wants to answer my prayer. That's not what it says. It doesn't say if we believe. This is the confidence we have in that. It says if we know. Knowing will increase your results. It'll increase your effectiveness. It'll cause things to move in your life that haven't been moving up until now. But this process is being, being broken down in a lot of Christians because they, 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 they think all I need to, well, once I believe it, that's all I need about it and I'll just move on and go on to another truth because I believe now that truth. No, the way you, the way you move from believing to knowing part of it is you stick in a truth and you begin to seek greater understanding. You begin to say, Lord, open my eyes to this truth. Help me, help me to see this more. Help me to understand this more. Give me greater light about this truth. You camp on it. And as the understanding grows, you become unshakable in that truth, and it becomes so solid in you that you know it, that you know it, that you know it. Now, with that understanding—see, I used the word understanding there—go to Matthew thirteen, and I'll just I'll close on this one today. Matthew thirteen. Now, Matthew was a teacher. Matthew's gospel is known as the teaching gospel because Matthew spent a lot of time teaching in his gospel. He gave far more detail about things. How many of you know, most of you know about me, teachers give you a bit more detail of things. Matthew took all the time to, 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 to find, this when this happened in Jesus' life, this was this prophecy being fulfilled. Mark didn't bother with all that very much. But Matthew was like, this prophecy that Isaiah spoke is fulfilled when this happened. And this is fulfilled when this happened. Matthew gave far more detail. Why is he a teacher? He likes to fill in all the blanks. That's why his is 28 chapters long and Mark's only 16. (laughs) Okay? But Matthew 13 um, is Matthew's version of the parable of the sower that Mark gave in Mark 4. Interestingly, Mark gave very little detail about a lot of things but the one thing he did give you detail about was Mark 4, the parable of the sower. What does that tell you? There's some things you need details on. Even in the the evangelistic gospel, Mark, where he's very quick with everything, suddenly he pauses on this whole uh, parable of the sower and he gives you detail on it. Even Mark understood there's some things you can't rush through, some truths you've got to understand, okay? But Matthew... Adds something in to the parable of the sower that Mark does not include. And I'm going to read it out of Matthew. Verse 18. <clears throat> Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. Now, this is Jesus' explanation of it. This this teaching today might not be this one of the, the most dynamic. This is a little bit more detail. I'm filling in some blanks, but it needs to be done. Okay? It's really important, this. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom, and what does he say next? Does not? Understand it. Matthew, if you read Matthew 13 and you compare it with Mark 4, you'll find Mark doesn't really bring in the idea of understanding. Matthew emphasizes understanding. Matthew was a teacher. He knew this particular thing is needed. Okay? When when any of you hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in your heart. Now, For a moment, compare that to Mark 4. Flick over to Mark 4 quickly. How did Mark say it? Mark 4, verse 14 and 15. The sower sows the word. These are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown, when they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes the word that was sown in their hearts. That This tends to be the one we teach this parable from usually, is Mark 4. Now, in verse 15, he tells you, they hear the word and the devil comes and just takes the word. Doesn't he? Does that almost sound like the devil can just pull the word out of anyone who wants to? Does Mark tell you why? The devil was able to take the word out of some people's hearts. he doesn't, does he? If you read just Mark's version, you'll think, my word, the devil's just got incredible power. he can just randomly go to people and just pull a word out of their hearts because Mark doesn't tell you why the word gets pulled out of some people's hearts? Matthew does. says why sometimes to understand Bible passages, you've got to look at, if it's written in more than one place, you've got to look at both of them because some of them bring out extra highlights. All Mark says is that the devil comes and takes the word. He doesn't tell you why or what enables the devil to take the word out of a person's heart. Yeah? Now let's go back to Matthew See and highlight the difference between the two. Matthew 13, verse 18 Therefore, hear the parable of the sow. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom, now he adds something in, doesn't he? What does he add in that Mark did not add in? He adds in this phrase, and does not understand it. Do you see that? Does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. What enables the devil to 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 get the word out of someone's heart? can he just can he just failure to understand? I was talking to, uh, to someone recently, and I was saying to them one of the reasons, You know, I was saying, you know, sometimes people become Christians, but they become weak, and then the the devil manages to pull them back into the world, and they get shakable. One of the reasons is, is lack of understanding. They've taken the step to believe. They've received Jesus, but they remain weak and vulnerable to the enemy. The enemy's able to just move on in on areas of their lives. Why? They've never moved from believing the word to understanding the word. This process, all they've been taught is all you need to do is believe. And then they believe and they stop. But I've shown you today, Paul understood. After I heard your faith, I began to pray that the next step part of the process begins to happen with you. I began to pray the eyes of your understanding, understanding, being enlightened. You get a wisdom and revelation so that you come to the place you know it. Why? Why? Once you start to understand it, the devil can't just come and pull it out of you. <clears throat> and you immediately move on from being that type of ground. <laughs> You're no longer that type of ground. Once you start understanding it, you can't just, he's got to try and work on it in other ways. He's got to get you to quit it on. He's got, to get, he's got to work on other. But that understanding solidifies you. It takes you out of the place where the devil can just pluck the word out of you. Do you see that? Understanding is vital. Now, notice the next part of this, and then I'll close this. In Matthew 13, I'm not going to read all of them, but read the... Verse 23, the fourth type of ground. But he who received seed on the good ground is he who hears the word, and what? What? And understands it. See, Matthew's a teacher. He's adding a little bit more light into this than Mark added in. Is the only factor, Jack? If you, if you, if I'll read this quickly for you and Mark, you don't have to turn back and forth there if you want to. The way Mark phrases that part of it says, but these are the. Um, But these are the ones sown on good ground, those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit. He doesn't, all he says is they hear the word, they accept it, and then they bear fruit. He doesn't give you any more detail than that. But Matthew adds in this phrase and understands it. Okay? Matthew says one of the, the factors that is necessary for the word to produce the type of fruit in you that it needs to produce is understanding. If the devil can, can get you to a place where you believe the word, but you never move past that into understanding, you never move past that to where you start getting more light on that, and, you, and, and in fact, that now starts the process which brings you to knowing. But if the, the enemy can stop a person at that point where, yes, they've started believing, but they've never now advanced into understanding, he, they still remain vulnerable to the enemy. Targets why well, the enemy doesn't like teaching. Teaching brings understanding. Teaching moves you past believing. Teaching brings extra light and revelation. It begins to fill in all the blanks, begins to add to the understanding, begins to turn the lights on on a greater level on truths you already know, and you become more and more and more established on it. What happens once you start to understand it? If it's good ground, if you're good ground and you understand it, now that, that word's going to start producing fruit. You see, the fruit of that word is connected to the understanding. Amen? So is it worth pursuing more understanding of truths that I already know, that I've already believed? Is it worth saying, yeah, I believe Jesus is my healing, but I want to pursue understanding. The more understanding I get of this and, and begin to say, Lord, help me to see this more. Help me to i open the eyes of my understanding. I believe you're my healer, but help me to understand it more. Teach me, show me. And you begin to dwell in the word. Understanding grows. It's worth it. Every truth you have, it's not many people, all they do is they think, well, I heard it, now I believe it, now that's fine, I don't need to hear that one again. And that's why the enemy keeps beating me in that area because they think all it means is I, I needed to hear it, believe it, and now move on from it because I don't need it anymore. No, they never moved into greater understanding of that truth. You dwell on it. You stay on it. What am I trying to do? I'm not trying to get myself to believe it. I already believe it. I'm not trying to get faith in it. I already have faith in that truth. I don't need to understand it in order to believe it. I I made a decision. I believe that already. I believe the Lord's my healer. But now... Understanding is working the next stage of the process in me. And part of understanding is is God will begin to bring, because I have now stepped out to believe something, revelation will start to come, more understanding. Now I'm shifting my position on that truth beyond just I believe this to I know this. Amen. I think you've seen all we, I think you've got it there. So we'll, we'll, we'll bring that to a close. But I just wanted to show you that process today. To, to, to make it clearer, I will we'll show you other bits of this in other scriptures. Because once you begin to see this is the, the cycle of things, you actually start to see it in far more scriptures. It's far more scriptures which, which add to this, this thing. So Lord, help us, Father God. For Lord God, I just pray. I know the people here. Are, we're, we're, we're a people who believe God. We're people of faith. Father God, I ask that you'll open the eyes of our understanding. Help us to see it clearer. Give us light, Lord God. We want to seek you for more light. Begin to say, Lord, help us to understand faith and healing. Help us to understand who I am in Christ even more. Help us to understand each of these truths more and more, Lord God. Give us revelation to help us to come to the place that we know. We know that we know. And it's unshakable in us, Lord. Father God, I thank you that we want to come to the place where the, the enemy cannot pluck a single truth out of us because we, we've we got great understanding of it. We become unshakable. He cannot, he cannot just come and take the word out. We, we move past being vulnerable to the enemy in that area. There's too many Christians that are just vulnerable. They've heard a couple of things in church. They believe it. And then and the next thing you know, the enemy just can take it right out and steal that word because they never move past that stage of, well, yeah, I believe that, but you know they stop there. Hallelujah. Father God, we just want to honor you. I thank you for your word. I thank you that your word teaches us and and, and reveals this process to us. We want to understand this more and walk in this more, Lord, and and to, to reap the full benefits of this in every area. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah.